how should a healthy, mature Christian think about time? You know, is it a burden or is it a blessing? And and how should should we, in a mature way, uh, think about it? And and uh, even uh, we'll, we'll get into how we should use it. But but let's let's start with how should how should a healthy Christian think about time? Hello and welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm Sean LePage, the Ministry Studies Chair of Calvary University, and I'll be your host today. And uh, welcome, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy, Happy New Year. Year. Hello. I know the right. <laughs> And the we've got the <laughs> we've got the crazy and regular uh, hosts of Calvary Conversations, Tim Hange, Mike Dodds, and Josh Paxton. Um, it's good to good to be with you all again. We want to talk today about time, and uh, it seems like for me, every year uh, around the first of the year, you know, questions come up about uh, time and, you know, New Year's resolutions and what it means to use our time well as Christians and those kinds of things. So that's what I'd like to talk about today. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'd like to start with this question, and, and I'll, I'll start with, um, with you, Dr. Paxton, what does the Bible teach about the reality of time? What what are, what are, what comes to your mind when you think about uh, the the, uh, the 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 reality and the parameters and and perhaps even the burden of time? Um. Well, I'm glad I was already turning in my Bible when you when you directed that transmission. <laughs> <laughs> um. But the. So recently, and I didn't read the article, but recently somewhere I saw, it's probably on Facebook, I saw an article title posted about someone, something to do with scientists have decided that the only reason time exists is because there are human beings to mark its passing. Like if it wasn't for human beings, there wouldn't even be, there would not be a a concept of time. And I should probably read the article before I talk too much about it. But at, at any rate, the the first thing that pops into into my head is in Genesis. So, you know, Genesis, God is creating the world. And and right there in Genesis 1.14, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be lights and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And so this is, you know, this is prior to the fall. And so even before the fall, there seems to be a sense to which God worked the measurement of time into creation uh, for for our good. You know what what that would have what that would have meant for us prior to sin in the fall is a little different. Than what it means to us now after after the effect. You know, we also measure time through getting older and things like that that wouldn't have happened prior to the fall. So, um, but there, the Bible is quite clear that time. I mean, t- time is a good thing. Time is something that that God created so that so that we could measure it and so that we could we could order our lives. And I think it's really important, Josh, what you said, that it is something that God created. Um, I think I was in my 20s when I uh, 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 took some classes here at the seminary uh, at Calvary. And I remember just really being challenged by my systematic theology book when I realized that I had constrained God because I always had thought of God as somehow 
I always refer to God as sort of in like you, you tend to think people who haven't given this thought tend to think that God is constrained by time. And it's important to understand it is a construct of God that mm -hmm. is used to govern our universe, but that we get glimpses of this. In John, when Jesus says, uh, uh, I am, he refers to himself as I am, making himself equal with the Father. But when the scriptures refer to God as I am, uh, it's it's intentional. I mean, it's 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 not using a present progressive uh it's it's just using a, a a simple statement of i i exist and it's it's really important for us as believers to understand because if you put god within time then you have made time greater than god mm, and that's that that has huge implications to theology so i i kind of want to respond to that because i think i think that's one of our frustrations is 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 um you know that that God uh, has has um, placed us within this this system of time. Uh, he's beyond it, and so we can't even really fathom that. But uh, but you know, I think of Ecclesiastes three eleven and twelve. It says He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. There's a little debate about what that word that Hebrew word means, but I believe it does mean eternity. And I think the idea is that he's made us aware of, uh, you know, the passage of time and of, of, of the reality that we, we will exist forever somehow, some way uh, mm -hmm. we're aware, we're aware of eternity, but we're strapped into time. And, you know, uh, he goes on and he says, yet, you know, so we've been, God said eternity in our hearts, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So we don't know what God is doing. And we and and you know, unless we have the the revelation that God has given us, unless we know that, we don't know what God is up to. We don't, you know, we don't understand why the world is the way it is and why time just keeps rolling on and and all of the the burdens of that. Um, but you know, uh, I think because we're created in God's image, we have this this awareness of who we are and, and, and the reality of time. And it's actually a kind of a burden to us um, uh, until, until we understand like what, what you were saying, Tim, that, that God is beyond that, that time. And, and, and someday, you know, he will, he will, you know, he will uh, change our reality. And uh, of course we don't know for sure whether, uh, what what time will be like in the new heavens and new earth and and in heaven, but but um, we have some sense of you know it, it it won't matter that much because we will be in an eternal state. But uh, Mike, what what would you add to this uh, what, pondering? What you, what you were just saying, Sean, and 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 your last comment there in eternity, um, the biggest, not the biggest. We all say I didn't have enough time. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. And as a new pastor, a new uh, business person, wherever you're at, uh, there will be the books and methods and software to help you to manage your week so you can fit everything in it and, and it doesn't all fit in. I'm I'm one of those who likes to over plan or, or rather I have a bad habit of over planning and then I have no margins, no extra time. So it, things just don't get done. Uh, but anyway, we're constrained, like you're saying, with time. And so I can't imagine an eternity 
where I will get everything done. Uh, where, where I'll have the enough time, you know, if we could still measure it like that. Yeah, yeah. And so you're getting into uh, my next uh, question here, and that is how should a Christian, how should a healthy, mature Christian think about time? You know, is it a burden or is it a blessing? And and how should should we, in a mature way, uh, think about it? And and uh, even uh, we'll, we'll get into how we should use it. But but let's let's start with how should how should a healthy Christian think about time? If I could pick it up right where I just continue sure. my conversation, you, you had jotted down uh, a verse that we probably all turn to there in Psalm 90, verse 12, number our days. And I, when I saw that in your note there, Sean, as you were prepping us for our conversation today, I thought of a person, I can't think of who it was, but they, they sat down somewhere in their early life and calculated how many specific days, you mm. know, uh, they would have in life and and then mark that off each. I don't know whether they did it every time at their birthday or the beginning of the year. Uh, and, you know, it's sort of ghoulish in a sense. I only got 870,000 days left or whatever it was. <laughs> but, uh, but but that, that, that stuck with me. I still see the image of the guy, but don't remember his name, where he wanted to be responsible. You were asked that question. How should we? Time is a stewardship. I don't I don't know how much time I have, but my life is a stewardship, I think is what Moses is saying there. Uh, teach me to number my days so I can present to you a heart of wisdom, meaning I've, I've, I've not just blown it off and go, well, where did that day go? You know, it, it, I, I get hyper about that one, too. But we have a stewardship from God for the time that he leaves us here on Earth. Good, good. Stewardship is a good way to think about time. It's like uh, it's like it's like we have money to spend, right? So, like I was just figuring up if I die um, about the same age as my mother died, um, my father's still living. If I die about the same time my my mother died, uh, I have about eight thousand days left. And, mm. and you know uh, that's that's an interesting way to think about it, Mike. I'm, maybe that's a a good sober uh, place to start is just figure out, you know, if God blesses you with long life, how, how much, how many more days do you have left? And, and to think of them as stewardship, as, as uh, you know, we tend to think of stewardship as money, right? But uh, days are actually something that we can, we can uh, in a sense spend and we only get one chance to spend it. Right. So, so um, Tim or, or Josh, what, what would you add to that? Uh, how we should think about time? I would say contextually on that, uh, if you look at the first part of the psalm, it 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 uh, exalts God as being eternal, everlasting to everlasting. It points out, and with with quite with the, quite accurately, our mortality, um, it and the suffering that we occur. That, that occurs to us in this earth, on this earth, in as we, uh, in, in these mortal lifespans. And then it hits with us with, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And if, I don't know, if anybody is, is listening, if you're listening to this and you're a believer, what you got to know is the great blessing of what God has given us, eternal souls, alive in him 
it is because of Jesus Christ that we have, I almost hate to use the term cheated death as if God didn't have, but God had control over uh, the sovereign picture, but that we're not subject to that. We're not subject to, yes, there's, there's decay, there's death ultimately. And from that comes our angst. From that comes this, what you just described. We're aware of eternity, but we're in mortal bodies and we're we're aware of the of the infinite god but we're time bound and this gives us angst but the gospel is about how that gets erased ultimately because we receive the gift of eternal life with god um existing in his plane i don't know how you would describe it but uh that should be good news really for for all of us uh that that uh i mean just living every day in the reality of this is not the end hmm. amen yeah you know to to kind of reflect on your initial question there sean is it a burden or is it a blessing i want to say yes um i mean it's both there's there's a sense to which it is it is both and you know as as mike was talking i was thinking about very very similar i remember recalling a an individual who basically he figured out you know between birth and 18 years old how many weekends he was going to have with his kids and so then he 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 specifically used that to ensure that he was prioritizing the the time that he had with his children until they became adults and they left the home um and and so it can be you know a burden in the recognition that we we only have so much of it but it can also be a blessing if we use it wisely to prioritize the things that have real importance in life yeah i'm sure you you guys have probably heard the old the old phrase you know show me show me what you spend your money on and and i'll show you what's important to you well it's it's the same with your schedule. I mean, you know, get out, get out your phone and and look at your schedule and I can tell you what's actually important to you by by what your schedule looks like. Yeah, let me throw back at us though. Can we obsess about time? I mean, <laughs> I, I, my wife's always saying, I think we're wasting time here. I'm going, okay, but is there ever a point to relax? Now, I'm, I'm not coming back to my wife being negative to her, but she's got a good challenge on one side, and I, mm-hmm. I'm i maybe more of too much of a relaxing person <laughs> at times is what she's saying. How, how do Christians, yeah. should we respond to that need? Yeah, I like the choice of relaxing person instead of lazy person. Uh, <laughs> I, I prefer that as well. That's, there you go. My wife like says that. lazy too often. But, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, I think that's, I think that's a struggle, I think, for, you know, as you as you understand what the Bible teaches and and uh, the challenges to to, uh, you know, number our days and and use our time well, um, you know, there's there's also the um, the, you know, embedded in the Ten Commandments is Sabbath rest. Right. So and and, and I think that's. That's actually, you know, modeled by God in the in the beginning before the law. And and, um, you know, so I think I think, um, you know, it, there 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 is a, 
somewhat of a balance, except that we're supposed to work six days and rest one day. And I think, yeah. you know, a lot of us, a lot of us are working towards resting, you know, four days and working three days or whatever, but, you know, we would love that, you know, retire at 40 or whatever. And, um, but, I, but I think that's a good question, Mike. And I, and I, um, I, I just, I just, uh, I think that probably just a, a, you know, a good balance is, is what we should work towards there. Yeah, my wife too often when I was in the pastorate um, threw the label of workaholic at me, meaning the ministry. And I'm, you know, we maybe have some pastors listening. You know exactly what this is. There's no end to the day. You, when I was in the military uh, as a chaplain, we had, fortunately, we didn't have one person always having to be the duty chaplain. We would pass it around. You'd have it for a week and give it to somebody else. But in the pastor, you don't have that, meaning the phone can ring 24-7, 365, and you're sort of on all the time. And so there's just that pull. And and so the how do I plan in and is it appropriate or when do I feel guilty about taking rest time and not answering the phone? And wow. So there's you a know, struggle with time, like Josh was saying. At, we at might need risk. to have another topic on this one, but I, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you something, Mike, that I learned uh, in when I was, you know, for when I was uh, serving uh, overseas uh, in a in a missionary educator capacity, there were so many needs. And mm-hmm. but don't you think that we also can sin by pretending that we are more than we are? In other mm-hmm. words, God is the infinite eternal being. He is omnipresent. He is omnipotent. We're not. And I had to ask myself, Tim, do you really think that God would give you more work to do than there is it is possible to do in a day? And the answer is no. Like he expects me to live within the time, my time boundaries. And by the way, there are some things that are incredibly important, like relaxing, like being with family and friends, like taking time to just be and not not do. So some of this, like some of this too is is what's imposed on us as to what is work and what is rest. So, but I, I guess what I'm saying ultimately is that I don't think that God, I think that God expects us to live within our limitations. And when we act as if we don't have them, I think we're going against God's design. That's at the, at the risk of, yeah, at the risk of opening another topic there. Um, but Mike, as you're talking about the pastor and in the use of the pastor's time and everything, I just, I can't help but wonder how much of that is a reflection of how our culture does church, as opposed to how scripture indicates that we should do church, where it's all dependent upon this one guy to to do everything. Um, and obviously that one guy is going to get burned out. But um, so that that's probably another conversation. But, but it, it it's relevant in that we 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 can create our own problems like we create we can create these we can create these systems that are culturally recognized like right our, our i mean our western culture is get her done you know go out there with all the gusto and and die with your bootstraps on um and but that's not necessarily a healthy biblical balance uh in in how we spend our time mm. You know, I would say that one of the things I've been thinking about for the past several years now is capacity. And, um, you know, 
like uh, when you look at, uh, say, the parable of the talents and and, you know, the one guy who just buried his treasure in the ground was the one that got the rebuke. The others worked. They they used their time as good stewards. And and I think that, um, you know, I, I, I guess um, I, I think it's partly cultural because I think culturally we want to be on vacation. I mean, we, we, we want to be. Uh, retired and and lazy. I mean that that's just built into our mm-hmm. culture, um, and and I think that very often we we fail to to see how much capacity we really have for yeah. for accomplishing things and using our time well. Which actually that that, that kind of leads me into my next question, and uh, I'm going to start with Tim on this. You know, Ephesians five fifteen through seventeen. Um, it's it's translated in various ways, but let me read. Let me start, which I've ne- I don't think I've ever said this sentence in my life, but let me start with the King James. All right, um, uh, the the King James says, uh, "See that ye see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil." Now, um, my favorite translation, the New American Standard, actually uh, translates that. Uh, this way. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because right. the days are evil. And that that literally, the, the, the Greek is something like working the time, working the time. Um, um, so, um, uh, Tim, what what do you think it means to redeem the time or make the most of uh, our time and opportunities? Well, it's interesting. Uh, So yeah, I'll go way far back, you know, with this question. I I don't believe that man in his fallen state had this kind of angst over what should I do? What should I not do? Right. I think he had access to wisdom and uh, that and and access to uh, he didn't have a sin nature to deal with. Right. And so uh, these decisions were a lot more, um, uh, natural in terms of uh, making the best decisions of the time we have. It is because we live in the fallen state that I like this. I like the terminology redeeming the time a bit. I mean, the enemy uh, loves. I mean, look at what the enemy has done in our culture. I practically is, everything is set up to waste our time on a jillion things to distract us from the things that are really important. Right. And and here the scriptures are telling us redeem that time uh, because because precisely because the days are evil precisely because the if you don't if you don't if you aren't on god's mission to redeem that time uh i know boy that sounds really old-fashioned well you know know, idle hands of the devil's workshop right but it is true like it is when we have nothing to do uh there's a problem (laughs) uh we we are to be working with god i mean what is what are this we're created in his image and what is what is the uh, uh, what is this? Uh, Christ says, "My Father is always at work." Right? He's always got something going on. And yes, he has good he has good rhythms too. He shows us good rhythms of work and rest. But um, I think it means I think this this means that we are to just use it very wisely in the face of of the alternative, what the fallen world and and its system will do with that very time. Yeah, Tim. I think of um, as you're as you're talking there. I th- actually think of Ecclesiastes, and I'm I'm surprised it hasn't um, come up yet. Uh, but there's That's where you know, I started. There's, there's there's a time to every purpose under heaven, right? There's and so there's 
so in redeeming the time, I think it also includes, you know, recognizing there's there like there's a time to be here at work and doing our doing our job and, uh, you know, engaging in conversation. There's a time to be home with our families and engaging with them. There's a time to be involved in in ministry outside of the four walls of Calvary or even outside of home. And so there's uh, there's different times. And yet the the importance there is to keep these things in balance, you know, to where I'm not giving so much time to work that I'm neglecting my family, or I'm not giving so much time to my family that I'm neglecting the responsibilities of my job. And and so there's there's a balance that needs to be had here. And that's that's what's so often difficult, right? Is finding yeah. finding that balance. How do you how do you find the appropriate um, balance between these between these different activities? It, it's no, I was thinking about. Oh, go ahead. I was go thinking ahead. about what you were saying, uh, Tim, and and then Josh, and and just that, you know, uh, we we uh, we you know, you were talking about culturally how everything is wired to 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 lead us to waste our time. And I think mm. that that could uh, really explain a lot of the angst that we see in our culture, a lot of the depression and anxiety and those kinds of things, because aren't we wired? Aren't we? Isn't it part of our DNA to work, to mm. to participate with God in his creative work? And, you know, if if you know, if you've ever met somebody who was unemployed for a long time and, and you know, I've, I've been un- unemployed for short periods of time, but uh, somebody who's been unemployed for a long period of time, they hated it. You know, I remember uh, I remember a couple years after my dad retired, uh, I, I was huh. having lunch with him and I, I said, uh, so how's retirement going? And um, I, I won't repeat exactly how he said it, but he did <laughs> like it. He actually mm-hmm. hated it because he didn't like sitting around, mm-hmm. you know, basically uh, trying to find things to do with his time. He 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 liked to work, and mm-hmm. and so I just I just wonder if, you know, uh, uh, you know, how do we how do we find that balance again? God said to work six days and rest one day. Are we are we prone to uh, to turn that into too much rest and not enough work, even for our own good and our own, uh, you know, kind of emotional well-being. I had a friend who uh, led these brilliant um, seminars on healthy rhythms uh, in, in, in the Christian life. Mm. And one of his, his laws that he gave us was remember the sixth day to keep it worky. Um, and I like that <laughs> law uh, because uh, now, I want to be careful with it because there's nothing wrong with taking your kids out to the park on a Saturday. That is work, right? That's important. <laughs> yes. Well, it's work on a number of yeah. levels. <laughs> but I mean, it's important. Your most important work is, but uh, you know, what are we doing with a Saturday? Is it, is it doing that or is it sitting around binge watching a show all day? Right. I mean, that's, that's a different, you know, and I think a lot of times we, our rhythms get thrown off because we don't, we don't say six days shalt thou labor, right? And one day shalt thou rest. We 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 can try to sneak. We we try to do as little as we can through that time, and then find ourselves falling behind. And right, so that's part of the 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 fallen world there. So, yeah, it's my my take on that. Well, we are definitely out of time. Uh, if we stick <laughs> to our 
Oh, our, wow. agreed, our agreed upon length for these is again uh, to to uh, match the uh, the average length of the American commute, twenty six minutes, and we're way over that now. But but uh, let's just close this out. I think I think um, we we've covered this, uh, you know, kind of more in a really a really good theological and philosophical way. Let's talk practically. Should should Christians set new year's resolutions and and if so uh what has worked for you guys because i mean of course we've all heard that uh you know something something like by the end of february everybody you know like 90 percent of people have have lost their new year's resolutions so should we do it and and what's a, a good way to to approach that so i don't <laughs> um i would say that I don't think it's a bad thing to get to the beginning of a new year and think and evaluate areas of your life where you might want to improve. I, I don't think we could say that that's a bad thing, right. um, but that should be something that is probably ongoing rather than just being more than once a year. Good, good, Mike. Yeah, uh, we mentioned earlier, that, or I think uh, Tim, you were mentioning reading that passage about seasons and times and, you know, or, or maybe it was Sean, but God <laughs> has set in our lives by this creation, the marking of time. And one thing we do, you know, you could go back to before there were clocks and everything they measured, they even measured time by seasons. And, and so we, we've come to this habit maybe that uh, the beginning of what we measure is a year and we could do that with the, the planets. We, that's how we got the years. Uh, there, there's a cycle to it that we we uh, set a point where we're going to begin time. And it's just a natural thing to say, I've got a blank calendar or I've got a blank timer or, or whatever we have. How am I going to fill it? And so we we hear people encouraging us to fill it with good things. To, to As we were talking here, that verse in Ephesians, redeeming our time, um, I'm also thinking of, uh, at the age that I'm at, you know, Moses comments there, 70 years, maybe 80, 80 if due strength. We were talking with my wife's mother yesterday, who's 88 years old. Wow. And just the thing she's talking about now that um, she didn't talk about earlier. So we mark time. We know there's going to be an end to time, meaning an end to our lives. So the, all those concepts of redeeming it, you know, that becomes even more important. Have I wasted my life? Uh, what have I given it to? And, and 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 I'm even sitting here thinking, what do we say to an unbeliever about time? Because there is an end to their time here on earth. And, you know, uh, how we've lived our life, we're going to be responsible for the stewardship of their time because God's mm -hmm. sovereign over their lives too. So, boy, there's uh, a, a necessary point for us all to say, how am I doing? A checkup point, whether that's an yeah. annual birthday or a beginning of the year and New Year's resolutions. If you like doing that, I'm resolved to do something. That's not a bad thing to set a goal. Yeah. But uh, God's sovereign over my days. I think it's important yeah. to break that goal down into something realistic that you can ask God yeah. for daily help on. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think personally, I, I, I think it's probably best. A lot of us who set these resolutions, they're habit based. They're like, uh, I need mm -hmm. to establish this habit. I haven't been doing right. this habit. I would suggest making your resolution that for 30 days, you will not yeah. the entire year. 
Give yourself something that you can shoot for and that you can ask God, God, daily, give me the strength to do this. And I think praying over that habit daily. And I think um, mm. I think making those habits be things that are uh, most most uh, really bring those before the Lord, because maybe it's time to what what may be exposed if you really prayed over your new year's resolutions is that there are a lot of things you want to do and be that aren't necessarily on God's top priorities for you. Right. And I'm, I, I just, I just can't believe that if we go to, as it says in James, if we ask God for that wisdom, you know, that he will give us that gift uh, through the Holy spirit of wisdom uh, to, to apply to um, um, our lives and, I think asking God for wisdom in 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 habit formation is is a wise thing. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, this would be my, my good. <clears throat> and I wouldn't have a lot to add there, except that I would just encourage anybody who's listening to this to don't give up trying. You know, yeah. if a New Year's yeah. resolution worked for you, then don't be discouraged if you know you 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 gave up on it in February try again in March, you know, yeah. uh, just keep trying. I think this is, this is uh, innate to our, in, uh, to the image of God within us to want to improve and be good and be better. And I think that that's a good thing and, uh, you know, not, not to earn God's favor or anything like that, but, but just to, to, um, you know, be good stewards of, of what we've been given. I actually did read um, a couple of weeks ago that the the best way to develop habits and and um, you know resolutions is actually uh, every Monday, if you mm-hmm. if you revisit those those resolutions every Monday, like weekly, then you have a better chance of of following through. So I think that's good. And uh, I think, so, account- I think accountability ahead. too. When you think of another practical thing yeah. to add in, you know, yeah, who can yeah. help you that really has your best in view. And, uh, yeah, that's good. Ask them to help out. That's good. Well, I'm going to cut us off there. I think we could talk about this endlessly, <laughs> um, uh, pun intended. But but I, I, I kind of think, you know, I wish somebody like like there's a there's a great Brad Paisley song where he he says, if I could write a letter to me at 17 <laughs> to myself at 17, I think if if uh, if I could do that, I would have I would have uh, wanted my 17 year old self to understand the value of time and just the treasure that it is and and uh, to to really struggle against that pull that says we should waste it. You know, uh, there there is a time to rest. There's a time to just be present with people. Um, but time is, is such a, a treasure and uh, uh, we should we should uh, we should want to be good stewards of it and redeem it and number our days. So thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Uh, we would love for you to participate in the conversation. You can you can find us, um, uh, depending on how you found this video, you can find links in the description below, uh, or you can find us at the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, and in calvary-conversations. We would love to just hear from you and, and hear your thoughts on the things that we discuss. And um, we would love to hear uh, how... Uh, how uh, the conversations have been a blessing to you, as well as uh, some things you would like to hear us talk about in the future. But um, let me just take this opportunity to wish all of you a happy new year 
And um, uh, God bless you for uh, for your uh, participation in the conversation, as well as your support of Calvary University and uh, grace and peace. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.